This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Before we get going today, I wanted to make sure you guys know about something that we offer through Lifeway Women, and those are online Bible studies. Um, They're happening throughout the year. We do multiple studies, sometimes multiple studies at a time. Um, It's a really cool and creative way to engage with other women online. Um, You're literally commenting and engaging with women from around the world, and um, it's such a blast to see how women are connecting. Um, Some of those studies even include getting able to, for a limited time, watching um, the videos that go along with some of our Bible studies. Um, If you are a leader, it's a great way to go through the study on your own, um, to fill your cup, or to preview um, it for your group. Um, It's a great way just to stay in God's Word, even if you don't have time to go to Bible study at your church, we certainly want you to do that. Um, but if right now you're in a season where that's not a, an option for you, it's a great way to connect online and just stay in God's word. Um, it's totally flexible. You can do it on your own time. And it's great if your church is in between studies or um, if you can't attend when they're offering. So we hope that you guys will engage with Lifeway Women um, in online Bible study. It's super easy to get to. You can go to lifewaywomen.com forward slash OBS for online Bible study. And if you are listening to this episode right when it releases, um, we have a big announcement coming out on November 14th about our next online Bible study. So make sure you stay tuned and check out lifeofwomen.com slash OBS for more online Bible studies. Thanks for being back with us this week on the Marked Podcast. Um, I've been really excited about this episode um, for a while, knowing um, that this guest was going to be on. And so today um, I'm going to be talking with Jamie Ivey, who lives in Austin, Texas. Um, She's the author of a brand new book that actually hasn't even released yet. So whenever you're listening to this, unless it's in January of 2018, um, you are not able to get your little hands on it yet. But we're going to talk a little bit about her book today, if you only knew, but also just talk about life and just talk about what God's doing. And so, Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be with you guys. Yes, it's going to be fun. Well, um, you know, for the, you know, I don't know how many of y'all follow Jamie on Instagram. That is my favorite way of keeping up with her and just what's going on with her and her family. Um, But if you are not familiar with Jamie, I'm just, Jamie, I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and tell a little bit about you guys. I would love to. And isn't Instagram just the most fun? Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite too. Uh, Okay. So my name is Jamie Ivy, and I live in Austin, Texas with my husband, Aaron and our four kids and our two dogs and some cats and craziness. Uh, My husband, Aaron is a worship pastor here in Austin at the Austin Stone Community Church. And we have lived here nine and a half years, which feels like my whole life, which is (laughs) crazy. Um, And we have, like I said, we have four kids, three in middle school, one still in elementary, three boys, one girl, and... I have a podcast that I love. It's called The Happy Hour, and I wrote a book, which is crazy, and those that's who we are. Yeah, that's who I am. I love it. I love it, and and your podcast is so much fun to listen to. It's one of those I don't have to – I love it because it's it does not require a ton of critical thinking. I can just sit and enjoy and laugh and um, and just hear stories. So I love I love connecting that way with, with you and with the other women that you've had on The Happy Hour. It's always a blast. Well, thank you. And we need less critical thinking in our life. I'm so I glad agree. that I can give you that. Yes, thank you. And, you know, and how how did that get started? How, like, this idea of starting a podcast, like, what did that look like for you? You know, a couple of years ago, I had a very short stand radio here in Austin, mm. and it kind of gave me this bug to do some kind of 
medium like that with audio. And I'd never done that before. And I was on a show. Someone invited me to be a guest on the show. And I remember thinking, I love that so much because I love speaking. I love talking to women. I love conversations. And so I thought, how about I try this? And so it just became this hobby. And honestly, I had zero clue how to do things. You just, you can YouTube everything. Mm -hmm. And I started a podcast and I thought it would just be this fun hobby with friends and it's grown into something that's just been so beautiful and wonderful. And women really, really are encouraged by the conversations. And that's just God. I mean, it is just, it's been amazing to watch him work through that show Mm -hmm. because I never planned for that to happen. I mean, I would love to say that I had great big plans for the happy hour, but I had very small plans for the happy hour. And so it's something I really, really, really love doing. Awesome. It is, you know, I think it is those things that sometimes we just are, it's just this fun dream or idea that then the Lord takes and and makes it his own and uses it in ways that we can't even expect. And I, it's awesome to see that he has done that through, you know, through podcasting, because I even remember a few years ago, I was like, podcast, like, what is that? Like, I, and it was one of those things I was like, oh, that must be sermons or like intellectual stuff. And I love now that it's just, you know, it's a great way to lift up who God is. It's, it's an awesome way just to connect with other people. And I think it, for us as women, it, it helps that innate desire that we have to build community that even when we're in the car or like for me, a lot of times it's while I'm getting ready in the morning that I can just listen to conversations with other women that are directed about the Lord. And, um, and it's just such an encouragement that way um, and builds community in a real creative way. Totally. All of those things. Yes. 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 Um, well, let's talk for a second about your new book. Um, you know, when, how did that get birthed? You know, w- have you always wanted to write a book? Was this just some crazy idea you had or like, where did this all kind of stem from for you? I mean, honestly, I'm still saying, is this really happening? Yeah. Is this is really my life. Um, so this is my first book. I have always wanted to write out my story. That's kind of where for years and years and years I've thought, I want to share my story with what God's done in my life. Um, And I don't think my story is all that unique. Mm. I think it is very common. And so for a long time, I was like, I just don't know why it would be important. I think a lot of women, we have the same story. You know, we had made mistakes. Jesus saved us. And then we lived in shame. And I just thought, man, isn't that a lot of people's story? I don't know why why it would be any different for me to write it out. But God just kept pressing that it was really important. And then a couple of years ago, I was speaking and I was sharing my story and I would get a common theme from women is they would say, man, uh, that must be really hard for you to say those things. And I would say to them, well, it's not hard because Jesus, like you, you see what I'm saying is that I can tell you these things and then I can tell you, look how awesome Jesus is because he still loves me and he saved me and yeah. he uses me and he forgives me and he doesn't think these things about me. And I would get hear women say all the time, I have these things in my life I've never told anybody. Mm. Or how would I tell somebody about this addiction? Or how would I tell somebody about this sin struggle? Or how would I do this? And I just started to look around and realize, man, this is a real problem that we're having yeah. is that women are really afraid um, to open up with each other. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm opening up to the entire world, you know, because I wrote it all down in a book (laughs) and I share a lot on speaking and a podcast, but I just want women to be able to say, you know what? I have these people in my life that I trust who love me and care for me. And I want them to be able to share their struggles with them and to have people point them back to Jesus, you know? And so Mm -hmm. for so long, I was afraid of doing that. I just had so much fear of if people knew things about me, then what? And I finally got to a point where I was like, but Jesus is so much better. Like this is the point of the gospel is Mm -hmm. that we get to say, look, I messed up or look, I messed up or look, I'm messing up. And Jesus still, 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 he still pursues us. He still loves us. He still passionately is for us. And Mm -hmm. that is 
what I want this book to do and be. Mm-hmm. And and I love that the way the Lord connects people through sharing their stories. And I think I was in community group last week and we um, started to share our stories. And it was one of those things where you just immediately start to hear, you, you understand some of the whys behind things and you understand more about that person. And, and it's that whole idea too, that the more vulnerable somebody kind of leads in with, the more vulnerable everybody else it then comes behind. And, um, and I love that. I was telling, um, I know I said this to you before we started recording today, but I got a copy of the book, an advanced copy of the book yesterday on my desk and was so thrilled. And last night I was like, well, I'll just kind of skim through before I go to bed and just take a look. But like, I couldn't put it down and I fell asleep and it fell off the bed. And, you know, because I think I just connected, you know, with reading, um, you know, just the, the vulnerability of your story, but then also just going, we're, that's the place we all come from. Like we all mm-hmm. have past sin issues. We've all got stuff that we really would, we would much rather hide than bring into the light. And, and I remember, and I know you talked about Beth in the book and about passion about Beth Moore. And, um, and I remember she, um, a few years ago at an event said something to the effect of, you know, what, what we keep in darkness, you know, we don't allow the Lord to do his work. in, but once we put those things into the light, you know, that's where he um, can do his best work. And I, I hope I haven't totally grossly misquoted that, but I remember that being the theme of what she said. And I love that that is very much what this book is, is bringing um, some of those things into the light where women can relate to, to your story and to what, what God has redeemed you from and brought you through. Totally. I mean, we see all the time, like we, if we think about Paul, if he didn't like tell people, where he came from and what God had saved him from. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't have like his story would have been half told, you know, and it would have been half used. And look how he always says like, I am the worst of the sinners. Like, look at me. If yeah. God can do this in me, he can do this in you. And I think so many times we're trying to present a gospel to the world that says, God loves you and Jesus is amazing and he saved you from your sin, but I don't want to tell you how he saved me or I want you to think I have everything together. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I want to be like, man, listen, I am so desperately in need of Jesus still today, every yeah. single day. Like mm-hmm. I need him in my life every day. And I think that says to the world, like, oh man, look what he does for people. Yeah. Look what he did for her. Look what he's continuing to do for her. And we get to actually proclaim God's glory when we welcome people into our stories. And I say all the time, mm-hmm. I say stories change the world. Oh yeah. Like stories literally change the world. When people, you, when you hear someone's story and you're moved by it, we can all probably remember stories that we've heard where we just go, man, I'll remember that until I die. Absolutely. Um, and we get the opportunity to do that. And so that's kind of, what I want women to do is be, not be afraid to share their story. Mm-hmm. I love that. And even this morning, I was reading out of First John and like in chapter four, where he talks about about just the love of God and how um, what that is in our lives. And I think that is so much of what I saw in your in, in just reading, getting through the first half of your book last night and just sitting down and going like, this is such evidence of the love of God towards us and the love of God towards Jamie. But then looking at the bigger picture of how that applies to us as as Christ followers, as women, as um, as believers who you know, who are longing to, um, we're, we're longing for heaven. You know, we, we live our lives in light of eternity and we're looking forward that direction. Um, you know, but we have to, to walk it out here first and we've got to begin to share what's going on in our lives so that we can connect with others and they can connect to the gospel. And it's this whole circle and thread and like all these pieces that come back together at the end. But I love, um, you know, that's just such a big part of what this, what this whole thing is. And, you know, I would ask you the question too, like, how does that then play into being a wife and a mom? And, you know, as you're sharing your story, how does, you know, has that, had any effect on your family or on that dynamic or, or anything like that? 
you know, I remember when I first started uh, being open with my story. My story involves a lot of past sexual sin. And mm-hmm. so I remember the first time I shared, uh, like it's still, I just got a little teary just now because I it still is like a little bit fresh. I remember when the first time I said things out loud and my husband was in the room. Mm. And I've never, ever, not one single time have I ever felt shame from him because I mean, who is he to be better than me? You yeah. know, I mean, we just, we all make bad choices and mm-hmm. mine just happened to be in that nature. Um, and so it has, a, you know, heavier consequences, all the things. But I remember when I first shared it, I just remember thinking, God, this is so hard and so, so vulnerable. And now, I mean, obviously I, I wrote a book <laughs> and I talk about this freely all the time because I have so much confidence in who Jesus is and who he's made me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, identify with my sin. I identify with Jesus. Um, so in that sense, it hasn't affected my marriage or anything at all. Now I'll tell you this, um, we joke around here, Aaron and I, that I'm gonna have to have some really big conversations with my kids before (laughs) I let them read my book. Mm. Um, only because it's just, just some, some things that I share. I'm pretty open and vulnerable in the book and my kids just don't know these things. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'm not embarrassed yeah. um, and I'm not ashamed. If I'm not embarrassed to tell you, mm-hmm. I can't be embarrassed to tell my kids. Yeah. Now, is there a little part in them? It's like, oh man, I am not going to like this conversation, you know? And But I just, I know, I don't pray and ask God. I know I'm confident um, that God's not going to be glorified through my story to women around the world and then not in my kids' lives. Um, I'm just confident that that he is going to get glory everywhere and that doesn't disqualify my children. Um you know, do we hate like popping our kids' bubble that, you know, they have perfect parents? I think my kids already know that they don't have a perfect mom because <laughs> yeah. I'm constantly apologizing to them. But these are big things. And so I, I'm i pretty confident that God is just going to like make this uh, another way that I can show my kids how awesome Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I, I would venture to say that women who are listening to this today um, – can connect with that because I think that there are probably a lot of women. I know that there are a lot of women who are listening who, um, who struggle with the same things and how, how to share their story with their families, with their kids, and, and maybe even some things that they haven't shared with their husband or with their family and that have let those things do, you know, kind of just lay dormant or that really still have an effect. And and I would just encourage you guys today, if that's you, um, talk to somebody, you know, go, go talk to a Christian counselor, to a friend, to somebody at church, um, to your spouse, you know, absolutely. And, and just, Let's see what God can do when we when we bring truth to light. And, oh, it's so true. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who um, is an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and w- listening to her talk to me about how she's had these conversations with her kids who are both in middle school, um, and sh- her she comes at it as like I just I want them to know because yeah. I don't want them to make the same mistakes, you mm-hmm. know. And so I think that whatever our thing that we have, alcoholism, sexual sin, you know, past marriage, abortion, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I, I just want us to be so confident in the work of God that he does not forget about working in our kids' lives through mm-hmm. these things. Um, and so I think we can do that. You know, I have, I have, I remember when one time I wrote something on my blog and a girl from church came up to me and said, well, actually she didn't come to me. She sent me an email. She said, um, we've been going to this church for years. I read what you wrote and I thought if she can do this and her husband's a pastor here, I've never told anybody I had an abortion and she's Mm. a mom with kids and married and all the things. And my heart broke because of the weight that she's been carrying. I mean, just the way it's like you said, like when we get it in the light, we've all had those moments where we say something out loud and all of a sudden we feel like, 
oh my gosh, I, I feel like a load has been, I mean, it's scripture. It's like biblical. Mm-hmm. Jesus says that I will, my weight is light. Take me on. Um, and you know, I just got to encourage her and she got to tell her husband and, and he was, uh, he was a godly man and mm-hmm. he didn't leave her. He yeah. didn't stop loving her, exactly. you know, and we're so afraid of what's going to happen. Um, and, and you know what? Here's the truth too. Had it gone bad, it doesn't change the fact that God never, ever left her. And Absolutely. God did not think less of her. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I also want women to hear is me telling people my story. And a lot of people think, well, do I have to write a book? Do I have to tell everybody? No, no. you need to find some girlfriends. That's mm-hmm. what you need to do. Find some girlfriends and, you know, and your husband, if you're married and you need to just be able to say things, you don't yeah. need a blog or a podcast <laughs> or write a book about it. Don't worry. Yes. Um, but just find those people who you can look and say, I have never, ever told anyone that I had an abortion in my freshman year in college Yeah. You know, and find a safe place, find people who love God and are going to look at you and go, okay, it's all right. God mm-hmm. forgave that. And, and, and he doesn't think any less of you. Yeah. You know, that's what we need in our life is women who are going to build us up like that. Absolutely. And and that's where, you know, it's such biblical community that it comes back to. And I love that in, in your book, you talk about sharing with one friend, like, and how having that conversation with that one friend then spurred on other conversations and other things. And I think that's too where, you know, I work in the world of women's ministry and, you know, looking at what, how women are plugged into the local church. And um, that's when we, so begin to see the Lord do works in more women is when somebody will first be the first one. And then we can go, you know, as a leader, I can look and go, you know what? I know somebody else who's been in your shoes. And mm-hmm. even a few months ago, I was able to connect um, a woman. We were, I was at one of our life for women events and um, during the invitation was just standing at the front praying with women. And I had a woman come up to me and she said, she said, I'm a stepmom." And before she could finish her sentence, I said, I said, one of my friends that I work with is a stepmom, and she's standing right here. I said, let me get her because she knows what you're walking through. And I was able to, in that moment, connect those two women. But I think that's, that's when we can see the Lord do his redemptive work in such a visual way sometimes is when he connects us through our stories and through who we are. And the more that we just give this facade of like, let me tell you about my job and about my kids and about, you know, the good stuff that's happening and like do all these cute things on Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's not all inherently bad, but we, we have the opportunity to, to show the story that Jesus is writing in our lives. And like you said, it can just be with one person. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be in a book and in a podcast and, you know, on Facebook and, um, but, but just to, to at least put it out there for the Lord to do his work in it. So I love, totally. I love that. It's so good. Um, well, one other thing I I would love to just touch on at some point too, is you are an adoptive mom. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that has been, you know, it's obviously a big part of your story because that's your family. Um, but tell us like, what is it, what's it like at this point with the, the ages that your kids are and just the, the life stages, that they're in. I know they're kind of all over the map age wise, you know, how, um, you know, how right now, what's it like to parent, you know, all, all kids of all ages and, you know, three boys and one girl, what does that look like for you guys right now? Life is pretty crazy at the Ivy house. I'm just (laughs) going to be honest with you. Um, I'm telling my girlfriends now that have small kids. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you think that you're tired. You're still Mm -hmm. going to be tired. We have middle schoolers and it's different. It's a different tired. Uh, so like I said, I have a 13 year old, a 12 year old, 11 year old and a nine year old. Mm -hmm. And so we, we kind of are just in this go, go, go phase with them. And I just know it's going to continue that way, but we love it. I, we, Aaron and I both, adore our kids' ages right now, especially the the older they get. We really are thriving with these big kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my kid th- my last three children joined our family through adoption, um, two international. They were born in Haiti and then one domestic adoption born here in Texas. And, you know, now I 
honestly, adoption does not come up in my world every yeah. day. My kids have been home um, with us for almost eight years. Mm-hmm. And so we just do life. You know, yeah. we're just parenting for kids um, that way. I feel like uh, parenting now, the older my kids are getting and my girlfriends that are ahead of me tell me that it's going to get even more like this. Mm-hmm. It's more emotional and spiritual stressful than it is um like physically exhausting, like I was saying. Um, And so, you know, as parents, Aaron and I, we just are constantly feeling as though we're giving up, we're saying no to a lot of outside things Mm -hmm. um, so that we can say yes to our kids um, in our home. Aaron and I both travel for our jobs. And so it's going to be a hard time getting me to come to a baby shower because I don't want to leave my family on a Saturday morning uh, because my kids still want to be with us. And Mm so we are going to, we're going to stick with them as long as they want us around and hopefully that will go on. But man, parenting, I say all the time is where the thing in my life that I need Jesus the most. Mm. Um, Marriage is amazing and wonderful. Um, and it is hard indeed, but parenting for me particularly has been a place where God has just had to sincerely make me see that I would not, I cannot, and I could not do this without him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good place for us as women to grow is when we have those areas, areas in our life where God's like saying, you have to have me or else you will fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so parenting has done that for me yeah. by far, for sure. But man, I am just loving my middle school kids. That's I love fun. my elementary daughter as well. Like we, it's great, but we are seeing them get older and thinking this is the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And, and your little girl's story, she loves to dress up, doesn't she? That girl, if she, <laughs> I don't let her, uh, just wear this to school, but yeah. in the summer, there was not a moment she didn't have on bright lipstick. I saw that. She's got <laughs> eyeshadow. Mm-hmm. She's got glitter on her face. She loves to dress up. Yeah. I mean, it is, she is, she is her own character. I told her once she came out and she was getting ready for school. And I was like, hey, baby, that's fine. You know, you don't, none of that matches. Like I was telling her like <laughs> your clothes, that none of that matches. It's yeah. a little too much. And she's like, mom, clearly we have different style. Oh, and gosh. I, said, I said, you're right. Clearly you're we girl. do. <laughs> I mean, we, we could be, we could not be more night and day. I mean, mm-hmm. we are so different. Yeah. And so, um, She's fun to parent. She also is the one that God gave us her last so that when we get through, when she gets to 18, we're going to just wipe our brow and sit back and say, we made it. <laughs> we survived. We survived. Yes. I love it. And even, um, I, I remember seeing some of those pictures over the summer of like the purple lipstick and I was like, uh, yes. And, but I love too, that you're just giving her the freedom to be herself, you know, at that age and just to, to have fun with that and to, to let her have her own style and figure it out. So it's such a blast to, um, to see that. And, um, you know, and another thing I wanted to just touch base on or just to, to ask you the question, like, what does community look for you guys? Because, you know, what does it look like for you guys? Cause I know that both of you guys travel a good bit. Um, you know, so how hard is it or easy is it to have community where you are just, you know, when you are home? Um, it is hard. I always say the older our kids get, the harder that is. And I know that's, you know, something that a lot of people tackle in churches and in Christian community is, is balancing, um, family life and kids activities, especially Mm -hmm. when you have four children like we do. Um, there's, um, there is one night during the week that my kids don't have something on Friday night and we're recording on a Friday night and tonight's family night, you know, like nothing's happening besides, uh, pizza and I have requested some kale salad. And so, you know, it's going to be a good night around Mm -hmm. here. Um, community for us, you know, Aaron is in, um, he's a worship pastor at our church and he has a band that he travels with. Um, and so he gets really, really great community, um, 
through those guys and his band uh, community in 2017, you know, digital age looks a little bit different for me with, um, I have a group of girlfriends. I literally call them my fight club and we talk every day on Voxer. And these are the girls who in the morning I will, I can come to and say, um, you know, like I want to redo this morning because I was yelling at my kids as they were running to the bus Mm -hmm. that they can't miss it. You know, all the things I can tell them, here's where I messed up. Here's what I need. Um, And they point me to Jesus over Voxer. I mean, it is like amazing the way that the internet can be an awful thing, but it can be a beautiful thing. Um, And so those are my girls um, and they're really, really amazing to hold me accountable uh, to t- tell me truth. We do that for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how our community and it's looked different over all kinds of years, you know, all, all kinds of years, but these girls I've known, um, some of them for 12 years and some of them for five, six years. And they're really, really valuable in my life. I love that. I love that. And we just have to get creative with it sometimes. And, you know, and it's easier now than it's ever been to, to literally be connected to people. And, um, I think we've got a lot of creative ways that we can do it no matter where we are. So there aren't, there aren't as many excuses as there used to be um, for For being in community. So, um, I love it. What, you know, if you had to name something, um, you know, that you've been marked by, um, what, what would that look like for you, Jamie? Oh man, I was thinking about this and a couple of years ago, our church, put on an event um, for all of our goers. And we call our people who are around the world uh, goers. Most of them are in um, the, what is it called? The 1099, what is that called? The 1090 window. Yeah. So with unreached people Mm -hmm. groups. And so um, we put on an event for them. They're overseas. We do it um, overseas and we invite them and their families to come in. And we just, um, we love them. We serve them. We have life worship, all the things that they're missing um, in some of their community. I mean, speaking of community, some of them are the only believers Mm. uh, within hundreds of miles, you know? And so these people are just, they are, they have given their lives um, to the Lord in a, in what to me in a very extreme different way. Um, I'm not saying better or worse. I'm just saying it's different than my day to day life. Um, And I remember the very first that we went to uh, that whole trip really, really, really marked me in a lot of ways. I read a book on the plane there called, um, who changed the world mm-hmm. uh, by Daniel Aiken. And it was just a beautiful book. I recommend it for everybody. I read it probably, I don't know, eight years. I mean, three years ago. It was so good. But when I was there, I, uh, I was meeting, there was a girl there who is from our church. Obviously, they're all from our church. And before she left to go to the nation, she had been trying to meet with me about becoming one of her supporters. Mm-hmm. And I had been putting her off, putting her off, putting her off, honestly, because I knew that we were at our max in that season of our life of financially supporting, right? And I didn't want to have to tell her that. And so I just put her off, put her off, put her off. um, And then she left. And Mm -hmm. so we never met. um, And then she left. And then when I get to the event, she's there. And I remember like at the end of the event, I was so encouraged by these people. I was so encouraged by the way that they were sharing stories about sharing the gospel with people for the hearing about Jesus for the very first time. And I remember I went up to her and I looked at her in the eyes and I said, you know what? I'm really sorry that I never met with you. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, we, we forgive me because I purposefully put you off. Will you forgive me? And obviously she did. And that did something in my life as where I realized that being a part of people's lives who are overseas um, serving, that it is not just financially. Yeah. And that seems like 
like an elementary fact that I should know forever that we can pray for these people. But in that moment, I've never forgotten that moment, that conversation with I had that I had with her. And now I'm, I, I get her emails. I pray for her, even if I'm not a financial supporter, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. And for me, it was this moment of feeling like I didn't really care about what she was doing. That's embarrassing to say. Yeah. Like when I kept putting her off, I was like, no, no, no. Because I just thought, oh, I can't give her money right now. I can't give her money. But it really, really changed me with seeing how people serve overseas and wherever. I'm talking in, I'm talking overseas right now, but you get it. People serve everywhere and yeah. it's valuable. But r- really, really, that whole conference, that meeting with her, reading that book, um, it kind of marked my life for the nations mm-hmm. and realizing God hasn't called us to the nations. Um, we are serving right here at our local church. Um, but man, what a valuable piece of the body that oh, is happening yeah. all over the world. And so that kind of just marked me about three years ago. There you go. I love it. And there's such a... Um I, I love what you're saying because there. I think we are all responsible to some degree. It's like that. I, I always forget who said this quote, and I will try to figure it out and put it in the show notes. But it's that idea of like now that I've seen, I'm responsible. Uh-huh. You know, now that I have experienced some of this, I've heard stories. You know, I'm responsible for a part of this to um, to be a part somehow. And um, and we can all be a part of a ministry wherever we are, even if, you know, we're, we're one who is home most of the time, like we can be a part of the work that God's doing around the world from wherever we are. And like you said, it doesn't have to be financial. And, um, and there are a lot of creative ways to do that. And, and our, that reminds me of a guy who, um, when I was growing up in student ministry and, um, one of our, a friend of mine's dad was a small group leader and, um, and he would, you know, just ask a lot of us on a regular basis, you know, how can I be praying for you? Um, just very intentionally. And he would always, right after whatever my response was, he would stop and pray right then. And, mm. and that was one of those things that I just, it's so easy for us to say, how can I pray for you? And, and just to hear it and go, okay, yes, I'm on it. Got it. Uh-huh. You know, even in a text message or, um, or like face to face with somebody, but then to actually follow up and do it, you know, to follow up and pray and just to say, okay, Lord, I really am going to lift this up. And so that's one of those things I've really tried to incorporate in my life. And I, I don't always do it. But if, if the time is appropriate for me to go, can we pray about that right now so that I don't forget? And, and that's mm. ministry. And so I think it's, it's finding those, those pieces of how we can weave our lives into, another's, into each other's stories. Um, but it doesn't have to be a, a check that we write. It, it can be our time. It can be our prayers. It can be our um, just to be a, a listening ear um, mm-hmm. to somebody else. And I love that the, that the Lord used that in such a powerful way in your life um, because it, it is important and to to hear one another's stories um, like you were saying earlier um, you know if you could today just encourage the women who are listening um, in, in one way like what what, what would that be mm, I I feel like I just want kind of the, the song of my heart these days is just wanting women to truly believe who God says they are mm-hmm. uh, we we spend a lot of our wheels believing who we think we are uh, who other people think that we are uh, who people have um, said that we are identities that we put on ourselves, identities that other people have given us. Uh, and, and listen, that is hard. That is so hard. I talk with this. I get to the opportunity, the blessing to serve at my local jail every week. And let me tell you about having false identities about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these, these women are imprisoned literally. Um, and and it's what I'm saying to them all the time. Like, who, wh- whoever people have said that you are your whole entire life, yeah, it does not trump the identity that God has given you. Amen. It doesn't and it can't um and when we base our entire existence our life our plans everything on the identities that we've given ourselves or the identities that someone else has put on us um we're not living full we're not living the fullness that god's intended for us because he's looking at us saying man you are a daughter of the king 
you've been bought with a price. You are beautiful. I have a plan for you. Um, I, I I have a home awaiting you here. Mm-hmm. I look at you and I see the righteousness of Jesus. Um, and so for me, I just want, and I tell myself this, I gospel myself through this all the time, believe who God says that we are. Amen. I love it. That's, and that's how we're going to leave it today. I can't, I can't think of anything better to say than believe in God who's in, in who God says you are. Um, cause that's just the truth. And, and his word is the place where we can find more of that. And, um, so I hope that you guys have enjoyed hearing from Jamie today. I know I've loved just chatting with you for a little bit. So thank you so much for being here, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, well, if you guys will visit lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast, um, you'll find this episode as well as all the rest. Um, you'll be able to see the show notes. We'll link to the book that Jamie mentioned, uh, ways to connect with her on social media and information about her brand new book um, that's coming out in January called If You Only Knew. And um, so make sure you guys check that out. Also, like we talked about earlier um, before the episode, don't forget to check out Lifeway Women's online Bible studies. It's such a great way to connect with other women um, through doing Bible study. If you are a leader, it's a great way for you to um, to give Bible studies a try before they're released. And so we hope that you guys will engage that way. And we will see you hey, next time. Hey, can I tell you this? Yes. Can I tell you before yes, you yes. finish? Uh-huh. I'm doing Steadfast Love with you a group in my, in my city. Yeah. yeah. I love so it. You were talking about that. So yes. everyone go check it out because go we're check it loving out. it. Oh, absolutely. And those online Bible studies are such a fun way um, to do that. Steadfast Love is one of them. You can see the whole list of archived studies that are on there. Um, so even if one has passed up, um, you can still go online and connect um, and do those Bible studies with other women. Um, women jump on them all the time. And so it's such a blast. I love that you guys are doing that. And Steadfast Love is one that is on my list of next ones to do. So I'm really thrilled about it. But thanks again, Jamie. And we will see you guys again next time on the Mark Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week. Oh, 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 o